Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Happy Hump Day Eve, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. See, I said that pretty fast, didn't I there, Mike? Uh, dude, that was really fast. Woo! I'm exhausted and I still said it fast. That's awesome. Why are you so tired? Because I stay up late working way too much or doing things I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Well, like, or I well, should be doing? What are the things that know. you shouldn't be doing? Uh, watching TV or working on my computers. Oh, okay. All right. We all know what that means. No, I'm I'm repairing my uh, Plex server. Well, not repairing. I'm working on my Plex server. And then I'm building a laptop or rebuilding a laptop for a coworker. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, nice, nice. So, anyways, welcome everyone. I am Matt, your host. As you heard, there is mysterious Mike Talent. Hey, everybody. Today we have our very first Marvel Cinematic Universe film of the year, Captain Marvel. Here's my little ditty. If you've seen the movie, you probably have heard this. I don't think they said it in any of the trailers. Maybe they have now. But uh, this is a conversation that's going on between Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, and Nick Fury, a.k.a. Sam Jackson. And Carol looks to Sam Jackson as he tosses her a hat with a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on it. Does announcing your identity with branded clothing help with the covert part of your job? And then, you know, Nick Fury uh, finishes out with, said the soldier who's wearing a rubber suit. <laughs> hey, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. It's good that you explain the context. Otherwise, I was like, I don't know how he's going to explain this. But yeah, oh, yeah, no. I, exp- I explained it. Yeah. Said, sorry, the space soldier. Ah. All right. So, Mike, um, uh, I am boring. I just woke up 30 minutes ago because the uh, time shift is kicking your ass, so I agreed to get up before I had to go and do work. So, Mike, what are you drinking this morning? <sighs> oh, so uh, it's not morning over here on the East Coast, but uh, I am uh, drinking a uh, brown ale from Bell's. Dude, you bumped your mic again, didn't you? Or do you have lightning? Uh, no. No, I might have bumped the mic. Yeah, it sounded like thunder and lightning. Everything is frightening me. Oh, okay. Uh, Galileo? Yes. Very good. Um, I am boring. I just woke up, so, uh, I'm drinking coffee with, uh, coffee. Oh, it's not Irish coffee with a little bit of kick? Help you get through? No, man. I gotta work. I, I can't be smelling like booze more than usual. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably, you probably haven't sweated it out yet. Well, of course not. It's cold, and I just woke up, so I'm not going to sweat it out yet, especially if I'm just now starting to drink it. Okay. True. All right. Okay, folks, we are going to do our best to not spoil Captain Marvel in this first part. 
Uh, it might be difficult. I might have to bark at Mike if he does, and uh, Mike can bark at me if I do. But we're going to do our best not to. So it might be a short section before we get to the spoilers, I guess is a good way to put it. So, Mike, go ahead, do it. Give us the rundown for Captain Marvel. All right. So uh, Captain Marvel is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. It was also uh, the screenplay was by Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck and Geneva Robertson Duart. It's starring Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Jude Law, Annette Bening, uh, Clark Gregg, and Carolyn Dever- Davers uh, becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. It's uh, Carol Danvers. Oh, yeah. Danvers. I- I had to fix that, dude, because yeah. our hardcore Marvel comic people will get angry. Yeah, no, my bad, my bad. Because there's actual, actually, uh, not to get too much into the history of Captain Marvel, I personally actually don't know a whole lot. I know a little bit, um, but Captain Marvel has been played by multiple people. Initially, Captain Marvel was a man. Oh, interesting. So, anywho, Mike, what did you think of our first foray into the MCU this year? Uh, I really liked it, um, and without giving away too much, this movie takes a, t- takes place in the 90s, and uh, that made it pleasant for me to watch. I was personally actually a little disappointed. Okay. I thought the 90s stuff was kind of shown for about 10 minutes. And then they threw in some 90s songs here and there, and that was about it. Uh, I really was expecting a little bit more than what we got. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that that's fine, man. Uh, yeah, I, I like this movie. Um, the humor in it was pretty good, but it didn't quite all seem as fluid and as funny as some of the other ones. But it was still pretty good. Uh, some scenes were better than others, of course. Well, it rolled fairly well, but not great. Like, it felt like Sam Jackson was not playing Nick Fury. It felt like Sam Jackson was just playing Sam Jackson in the 90s. He was very comedic. He was, you know, Nick Fury, especially in the Avengers films and the later films, is a bit more of a badass. He's a bit more, I don't want to say grounded, but he's like more subdued. And in this throughout most of it, he was pretty jokey and pretty relaxed and pretty laid back and didn't really come off as uh, Nick Fury to me. Well, I I think it was supposed to show the difference of time and, and, you know, in the other Marvel movies, we see him much later in his career and he's been changed throughout his, uh, his, his experiences have changed his way of looking at things. Yeah, I agree with that. That's true, but it's just he um Oh gosh, what am I what am I trying to say? He seems too lackadaisical, I guess you would say. He always seemed to be the guy with a plan and in this he really just seemed like he didn't really have much of a plan and he didn't, you know, I don't I don't want to spoil stuff specific things that bother me about it, but it just it it was it felt more like Sam Jackson than Nick Fury to me. 
Okay. I'm not saying it was bad. You know, it was nice having him different, but it just didn't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine, man. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was movie was pretty fun. Um, I watched this in a sold out theater and to my surprise, no one was, uh, you know, uh, being obnoxious or doing anything. It was, it was actually pretty great. Wow. That's weird. Well, I saw it the latest showing I possibly could on Thursday at 10 o'clock. It was not sold out. It was pretty good for a 10 o'clock showing on a Thursday in Prescott, Arizona, though. And again, Mike, I have lost all faith in people. <laughs> oh, man, what happened? What happened in Prescott, Arizona? Which, uh, which theater did you see it at? I saw it at Picture Show again. I got, I think I'm just going to have to stop going to Picture Show because I was discussing this with my friend the other day and fellow movie buff, uh, Christine. And I came to the realization that the only time I've had really bad experiences here is when I go to Picture Show. When I go to Harkins, I really haven't had an issue. So you think it's the, just the patrons that, that go to Picture Show that are just I think it's more the lack obnoxious? of oversight. No, I think it's the lack of oversight from the staff at picture show ah okay because um literally uh i don't want to encourage this but you probably could walk right through the door walk right into the movie theater picture show and they wouldn't even notice they have no one checking stubs they have no one going into the theaters nothing they have three people that work behind the counter and that's it that's wow. all I've ever seen wow. there. Even when they're that's pretty crazy. Even when they're crazy busy, that's all I see. I'll see maybe two, you know, um, normal employees and one manager. That's all I've ever seen there. Granted, I don't go on the busiest times. I don't go on Saturday night or Friday night or whatever. But wow. seriously, I think you could probably just walk right in. I've never tried it personally, but so. This experience was not as bad as any in the past. It's probably the least bad, but there was a gentleman about uh, three or four seats away from me that texted the entire time through the entire movie. Well, maybe he felt compelled to relay the story to somebody in real time. Like, maybe he just needed to FaceTime the movie to somebody. You know? You know how it no, is. No, he wasn't doing that. He had it down in his cup holder, and he kept... Every single time he'd put his phone in his cup holder and make a pop. Oh, geez. That had to have been annoying. It was a little annoying, yeah. But um, he sat there just texting, and I'm like, you know, I know a fair amount of people. I'm not super young. I'm not super old. I'm in the middle. But I don't know too many people that I could text between the hours of 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. where they would respond unless it was like my mom or something. Well, maybe it was, uh, I don't know. Who knows? But he literally was having a conversation with someone until the end of the movie. Maybe it was, uh, you know, Brie Larson. He's a personal friend and he was just relaying how awesome she did in the movie. Maybe that would be cool. Then I'd be his friend. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how it is. All right. Oh, actually, not really. I, I wasn't. I was not a huge fan of Brie Larson's acting in this film. I'm. I'll just come out and say it. All the roles I've seen Brie Larson do, I've never been a huge, huge fan of her acting. It's always just kind of flat 
and wooden and just not well executed. Like she had moments in this, she had moments where she was on par and then she had moments where she was just super, super stiff. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I thought she had some decent, uh, uh, scenes in the movie where she was, she was acting pretty good. And I liked, um, Jude Law in this. I thought he was a good, uh, character as well. Yeah. Jude Law always kills it, but I mean, don't get me wrong. She had her moments, but overall, I would say she was quite rigid. She was quite wooden. She was just, I didn't feel her performance except for at select times. Okay. All right. Where Jude Law, even Jude Law comes off convincing the entire time. Well, not even Jude Law. I mean, Jude Law is an incredible actor. But this is not a huge, gigantic mainstream role. He was kind of more of a, a side character. and But he still delivered. Sam Jackson, too. I mean, granted, he came off as Sam Jackson, but he still did a great job. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, 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 I think I'm going to get this out of the way early, Matt. Do you, do you Uh-oh. do you get jealous about uh characters from a certain other franchise being in in these movies like we haven't really talked about it too much about with Sam L Jackson but what about Ben uh Mendelson? Oh, Mendelson? Yeah. Well, what about his character? Well, he was also in uh uh some of those movies that you usually like in the quite wars. A bit. Yeah, in the wars. He was only in one of the wars, but yes, he he did a good job in it. And I like Ben Mendelsohn. I think he probably had my favorite role out of all of them in this movie. I really just, he just did a fantastic job. He played the uh, Cree leader uh, Talos. Not Cree. No, not Damn Cree. It, scroll. No, scroll. He scroll. was the scroll leader I was Talos. Like, Wait a second. This See, doesn't sound this right. Is why, this is why we don't record before I'm awake, Mike. Okay. All right. So, anyways, yeah, he. I noticed you're wide awake in comparison to our last podcast. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I get sleepy. Just, just now we have a even bigger time gap. Now it's three hours. Yeah, it's gonna be real bad. Anyways, no, yes, I, I have no problem with Ben Mendelsohn being in this movie. Why would I have an issue with that? It's great. No, I just wanted to get out some of the wars talk early, so we can oh, focus okay. on focus on the real. The real meat. I wasn't going to talk about the wars. I mean, Sam Jackson's in the wars, too. I know. What is it? Mace Windu? Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Michael. Yeah. Purple lightsaber, man. Purple lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. He would not do it unless he got a uh, purple lightsaber, too. That's hilarious. But no, I liked Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. I thought he did a great job. I really, really, really liked him. I thought he his acting was fantastic. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just going to say it was fantastic. We can ruin it later. Okay. Well, uh, I really, I like the use of uh, some of the music in this movie. I thought it was very uh, creative because there's at least two songs that went really well with uh, a couple of the scenes there in the movie. And I'm not going to give away which ones, but anyway, it was, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, there was one that caught me off guard pretty hard i was like huh okay that they just kind of threw that that in there without much of an explanation i know what they were doing but it was a little too on the head oh 
Too blunt? It was too blunt, Yes, it was very, very, very blunt, and it just was like, ugh. Oh, okay. So we'll talk about that here when we get into spoilers. So um, I would say we might as well do that since both of us are just sitting here saying, well, we'll talk about it when we get to spoilers. So let's just go ahead and get into our spoiler discussion. Um, Mike, I can't ask you how does Captain Marvel relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Captain Marvel is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're just going to warn everybody. If you don't want Captain Marvel spoiled, go ahead, fast forward it towards the end. We are now going to talk about spoilers up the ass. The whole thing. The whole shebang. All right. Spoilers. Spoilers aplenty. All right, so the first, foremost, best, incredible spoiler for me was the opening credit roll scene of the Marvel Cinematic Universe logo and how they changed it to Stanley. That was just incredible. I mean, people literally stood up in my theater and cheered. Oh yeah, everybody was clapping in uh, like in my theater as well. It was uh, it was uh, quite a way to start the movie. I thought that was really nice. I personally hope they do that for every single movie this year. I think that would just be awesome. There's only two more. There's Infinity War and Game, and then there's the Spider-Man Far From Home. I hope they have that on both of them, because that would just be really, really special to me. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was it was cool to see that. And then, Mike, you want to talk about his uh, cameo in the movie? Uh, sure. Yep. So he's he's uh, once again uh, makes a cameo in the movies, and um, this isn't quite his last cameo. I think there's going to be a couple more uh, before he passed away, but he's in this uh, reciting. Um, oh shoot! Now I'm going to forget the lines. He's uh, reciting uh, a script, uh, and you can see the script is Mallrats, and he's reading a part in it. And uh, shoot. Matt, do you remember what it's called? Come on, Mike. You even looked it up. I did, but I, I didn't write it down, dude. I, I can't remember things. Oh, it was his famous, famous line from his uh, column in the um, comic book about uh, true believers. Yes. It was, I don't know if it was thank you, true believers. I think it was trust me, true believers. Trust me. There you go. Trust me, true believers. It, uh, he, I think he ended his column with uh, thank you, true believers, or something along those lines. He was thanking his readers for buying his comic books. Yeah, so, so, so that, that was pretty cool. Um, interesting tidbit about that scene. I follow Kevin Smith on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Oh. And Kevin Smith saw it on Friday, and he posted a picture of himself bawling his eyes out. Because did he not know that was in there? No, he was so honored that that was in there because you know what that also means on top of just, oh, look, it's a throwback to his first kind of major cameo in this modern era. It means that Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith's movies are now technically um, uh, canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so he just lost his shit being a super nerd like the rest well like me not you but being a super nerd he just lost it because it means anything and everything he's ever done is technically canon in the marvel cinematic universe including himself 
Nice. So he was just bawling his eyes out. He was so honored. It was pretty cool. Yeah, the... Um so another spoiler in this movie, uh, the opening, well, not quite the opening scene, but towards the beginning when, uh, uh, let's, what do they call her before she's Veers? When Veers, Veer, when Veers lands in the, uh, blockbuster and, uh, she's looking around and she's, uh, looking at all the movies. I could, I could almost name every single movie, even though it was blurred out. I, I love that. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, I think I know what all those movies are. Well, um, you know, that is one thing that I wasn't a huge fan of in this movie. The first, like, I don't know, 30 minutes seemed just really all over the place and didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. The whole mind traveling, the, the not mind. Well, I guess mind traveling the, the trying to pull her memories out and then, Oh, the, sc- kept, the scroll uh, technique yeah, of uh, the, searching the, memories? Yeah, and how the movie kept jumping to the, you know, more of her origin story, and then it would jump to where it was, and then jumping to her origin, and then jumping, you know, because, I mean, for such a big character, I mean, Captain Marvel is an enormously big, powerful mainstay to, in today's Marvel world in the comic books. She wasn't too big back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, she was, but not like today. I mean, she headed up one of the biggest events in recent years. It wasn't a great event, but they had Civil War too, and she was the leader on one side, and Tony Stark was the leader on the other. I mean, she is a major, major character today, and to not have like a full-on origin story like captain america had and iron man had and stuff like that i think is kind of doing her a disservice but again i don't i don't hate this movie i really like this movie i thought it was great but i just wish there would have been more to it it seems like they just kind of were like well we have to hurry up and get through this captain marvel movie because she's going to be a major major factor in infinity war Endgame, and so we need to explain to everyone that doesn't know who captain marvel is who she is and this is a way to do it really fast Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it might have been a little disservice, but at the same time, maybe they're trying not to be like another origin story from another comic book uh, right, character. Right, and right. so, like, they're trying not to continue the redo everything. So they're trying a different approach. But now, the may- thing may- is- maybe this approach wasn't the best, but. But the thing is, it's not an origin story that anybody knows. It's not like Spider-Man, where we've seen Spider-Man's origin story like a hundred times over. Yeah, but we know? like that one, you know? We like well, that one. But Or Batman's. I mean, or Batman's origin story. We've seen that a million freaking times over. So, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but I, I you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> they're going to do what they're going to do. I just think such a big, integral character as Captain Marvel needed a bit more, but whatever. All right, Mike, so let's get to one of the biggest spoilers in the entire frickin' movie that uh, I hinted at you a little bit about was uh, uh, Chewie, a.k.a. Goose the Cat. Oh, you mean the Flurkin? The Flurkin, yeah. Oh, the Flurkin's character was awesome. Um, there's a lot of, like, scene-stealing moments. Like, the, the Flurkin just nails it, you know? Like, the, the when they first go into space... Oh, I loved it. Yep, and they used uh, four different cats to film uh, Goose. Really? 
Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And do you know why they changed her name from Chewy to Goose for the movie? Uh, I was assuming that it was uh, to honor Top Gun. It is to honor Top Gun, but why did they pull a Star Wars name off of a character that is clearly named for a Star Wars character, which is one of their properties, and go with a property that is not related to them at all? Mm, I'm not sure. I really don't know the answer. According to Disney and the directors and everything, they did not want to um, take away from the Star Wars universe that is going on right now. Because when Chewie was originally introduced, I believe it was back in 2012, maybe farther than that. I don't remember exactly which time. The uh, current run of the final trilogy, I guess, of the Skywalker saga was not in theaters and was not happening. And so they changed the name to Goose, one, to tie more to the airplane flying, you know, Air Force tie-in that she has, even though Goose was in the Navy. He still was a pilot. Yeah, he still was a pilot. So it's fine. He's an aviator. And you would have seen someone, especially someone from the 90s, would have named their cat Goose after Top Gun because Top Gun was still a fairly big movie in the 90s, even though it came out in the 80s. Yeah, it came out in 82, I believe. But um, they basically changed it because they didn't want it uh, conflicting with the new trilogy and stuff and all that. And they don't want to be referencing that. They want it to be its own thing. And so that was all. Oh, okay. But, I mean, they're they're making another Top Gun right now, like a sequel, I think. Yes, they are. But it's not related to Marvel or Disney. Yeah, so like they kind of just promoted it. Yeah, kind of. But so um, for those of you who are wondering that don't read the comic book, uh, Chewie in the comic book is named after Chewbacca in Star Wars. Nice, nice. I, I figured everybody knew it, but you're you're right. You know, maybe they thought you were talking about that that website where you can order dog food chewy.com yeah the uh unofficial official sponsor of the real film nerds podcast make sure and go there and get alpo <laughs> nice they don't sell all right. Olroy. i think Olroy is a uh, walmart brand only i know man i know that was a joke that was a, oh, okay. that was a terrible joke you're, hey, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one telling terrible jokes jokes that piss off our listeners. Well, All right, Mike, somebody's so, got to do it. So go ahead. What what spoiler parts do you want to talk about? Since I've kind of thrown mine out there. Um, You know, uh, the, I think those were the major ones. Oh, I did want to mention the music a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a couple songs that are played that are really fitting for the for the movie or I thought they were and there was like "Come as You Are" from Nirvana. Yeah, that was good. That that was a good that fit in really really well. The one that I didn't like, and I'm sure it's the one that you did like, is the "No Doubt I'm Just a Girl." That just was so just. You didn't like that, man? I, I did like it. No, I, I, it was out of... It was like, are you kidding me? Come on. Oh, you thought that that was uh, too blatant? Well, it didn't make sense. It just started playing like, okay, they're, even in that scene, that was what? They're in like a bar or something? I don't remember. No, or, she's uh, they're up in the spacecraft and she's about to fight him. Or she is fighting him. Ah, like that's all, right. All that's the, right. She, she, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 
She just beat the AI. So she just finished the come as you are. But thing. there was um, a jukebox in the corner, and she even throws someone into the jukebox. So if it would have been silent when she started fighting, and then she threw someone in the jukebox, then that kicked on, that would have been a much better roll in. Oh, okay. But so you just it didn't just like kind how of, it was just, just it thrown just kind on of the started. It, and it was okay. just like, yeah, I know, I know. But if they would have been a little bit smarter with how they brought it in, it would have helped. Oh. There is one more thing I want to I want to talk about it, but I won't spoil it. During one of the post credit scenes, I loved it so much. It was it was the last one. I love that scene so much. So, <laughs> well, as it's someone, you're a cat owner. Yeah, and that's I all. It was, that's all I'm gonna say. I thought it was funny, but I'm not. I'm not a cat owner. I could have probably left after the first one. Yeah, you could have. Well, anyways, um, Mike, how much do you know about the Flurkins? Because I can go into the Flurkins a little bit more, uh, just for I people that don't know. Yeah, I don't know that much, so uh, why don't you enlighten us, Matt? Okay, so the Flurkins are a race of people, not people, they're a race of aliens, that do look like cats. They are not cats, they aren't some kind of creature that inhabits cats, and they are extremely, extremely powerful um, they lay eggs and they lay hundreds of eggs at a time. Um, there's not many of them left in the galaxy, which is weird when you say they lay hundreds of eggs at a time. And then, um, the, as you saw in the film, they have the large tentacles that come out that also have mouths on them that devour people. Well, but they don't devour people or things. What they do is, um, flurkins are also, uh, portals or gateways to other galaxies and so when something is eaten or swallowed by a flurkin, it is actually teleported to one of those other galaxies. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And so that's uh, plays big into the comic books because, um, as you saw, they didn't really show it much in the movie. But as you saw, they're in um, the Quinjet hitting outer space and they're flying into outer space. I think they're going to the workshop. And then all of a sudden, Goose shows up in the in the Quinjet and nobody knows how the hell she got on the Quinjet. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things Goose can do, the Flurkins can do, is because they are basically portals, they can pretty much teleport themselves wherever they want in the blink of an eye. So she most likely teleported from the base into the Quinjet. Yeah, I felt like there's a little bit more to uh Goose's character because uh that was previously it hung around with the uh, the the doctor. Uh, oh shoot, uh, Marvel, which yeah, was Mar- awesome. Mar-Vell. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like there's something more to this uh, flurkin, and uh, I, I hope we find out a little bit more later. Oh yeah, dude. The um, I really you know if you were a comic book reader and you really loved Chewy, you really need to read um, Kelly Sudaconic's runs on Captain Marvel. Kelly Sudaconic, shout out is basically the um, writer that created the Captain Marvel that you saw in the movie. She's the one that kind of came up with Chewie. She's the one that came up with those runs um, in the comic book. They're they're pretty much based on her comic book runs, which um, was Captain Marvel Volume 7, I think. Hold on. Let me me pull it up. To the um, internets. 
Yeah, she did Captain Marvel. Um, they have in chronological order of all the work she's done. She's done a lot. She's a really good writer. But uh, she did Captain Marvel Volume 7 from July 2012 to November 13. Um, I believe even one of the uh, volumes of her run on Captain Marvel is called um, Higher, Faster, Farther. That's the name of the story. Okay. And then she also did um, Volume 8, which was 2014 to 2015. She did a Avengers tie-in called The Enemy Within, where it's, it's completely around Captain Marvel and everything with her and Goose. And then she uh, did Volume 7. Volume 8 was 2014 to 2015. I'm not sure, sure what she's writing now, but she is known for basically creating... Or not creating, but turning Carol Danvers from Miss uh, Marvel into Captain Marvel. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm going to get really nerdy again just to explain some of this stuff. Um, The uh, first appearance of Carol Danvers was actually in Marvel Super Heroes number 13 in March 1968. Back then, she was not Captain Marvel, as I alluded to earlier. She was actually uh, Miss Marvel, and she had multiple different runs throughout the years, um, mostly as Miss Marvel. She even had a stint as her um, other form called uh, Binary, and you actually see Binary in the film. Binary is where her eyes are glowing, and she's like really badass and super powerful. Oh, uh, okay. That's Binary, and she that was actually introduced in the Uncanny X-Men in December 1982, number 164. And then from there, she has a dark side of her, and her the dark side of her is a uh, warbird. And I don't think we'll ever probably ever see or hear about that because that kind of went along with the Dark Avengers thing. And, you know, that was May of 98, and the 90s were not a good time for comic books. And then she was introduced as Captain Marvel, or took over the reign, I guess you would say, of Captain Marvel in July of 2012, in Avenging Avenging Spider-Man number nine. So it's interesting because when you think about it, the story that they presented to us and the movie they presented to us literally would have been maybe two or three years old and they decided to make a movie about it. Like that's where their source material came from, which was, which in comics is pretty crazy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's all, you know, and Kelly Sudaconic, the the writer who did it, she was at the premiere. They invited her and her whole family and everything. It was pretty impressive. It was really cool. So anyways, if anybody wants to nerd out, I highly recommend reading those runs. If you can, read those before you see the movie. But it, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've seen the movie because we've spoiled the shit out of it big time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh yeah, with that, Matt, do, do you want to go into our our, review, our ratings, or what do you want to do? I know, man. I could talk about this freaking movie forever. Like, okay, here's one more shout-out before we get into our ratings that I definitely, okay. definitely want to talk about. And what's funny is I'm not even that big of a comic book nerd. I mean, I am, but I'm not. Like, I know of people that know a lot more than I do, and I'm probably butchering a lot of this, and they're probably going to call me out on it, but whatever. Um, Annette Benning as the Supreme Intelligence... Slash um, Marvel was incredible because uh, Marvel, aka the original Captain Marvel, is a man, has always been a man. 
since they wrote it in the 60s. And to have Annette Benning be uh, the original Marvel, I'm not sure if they were, they were going to call her Captain Marvel or not. And then kind of passing the reins onto uh, Carol Danvers was, I just, I loved it. I loved it. I really, really liked that. I thought it was great. Okay, cool. Because I don't know how much you paid attention before this movie came up, but everybody kept saying, oh, Jude Law is Marvel. Jude Law is Marvel. And everybody's like, yeah, it's Jude Law because he's this big actor. And they totally just flipped it to Annette Benning. I thought that was just great. Yeah, that's cool. It was a it was a ginger flop that I thought was fantastic. Nice. And then um, another thing that really impressed me about this movie that I did really really like, since I keep talking and talking and talking, and you want to do ratings, but I'm going to do it again. Is massive spoiler here is how the scrolls are not the bad guys. Oh yeah, yeah. They they kind of flip it. Uh, yeah, no. I thought that was uh, I thought that was well done. It was a neat way of executing it. It was cool. I thought it was excellent storytelling, especially since it's they're gonna have to um, retcon that probably in the future at some point. Maybe I don't know what they're gonna do because the scrolls and the Kree have been warring for thousands and thousands of years. And when the scrolls were originally introduced in the comic books, they were bad people. They are and there's a whole storyline that took place in it's either the late 90s or early 2000s called secret invasion in the comic book world where the scrolls um they're called like super scrolls or something they can imitate the powers of the superheroes and so then it throws every single one of our superheroes that we know into question from here on out Ooh, yeah that sounds interesting so they're going to have to retcon them being the good guys. Or maybe maybe they'll just have like a faction of scrolls that are like bad. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking they're going to do. And I would not be surprised if we see one of the heroes in Endgame or maybe even Spider-Man uh, Far From Home come out as a scroll. I mean, that would be huge. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. So, anyways, enough hypothesizing. But all right, Mike, um, since you saw this the most recent, you saw it on Saturday. I saw it on Thursday. How many reels do you give Captain Marvel? Uh, so I'm going to give Captain Marvel four out of five reels. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie, and uh, I enjoyed the. 90s uh callbacks although i wish they would have had netscape instead of alta vista for the web browser but that's okay well but if you remember my netscape i don't think netscape had a um search engine back then they had a browser but they didn't have a search engine alta vista was a search engine yeah, oh yeah, that's true. AltaVista was a search engine. Personally, I would have liked to have seen my old go-to when I was in middle school and high school, web crawler. Yeah, yeah. What was there what what else was there like Hotwire? There's there's yep, a few. There was a lot. There was a lot. And none of them were really good. That's why Google took over the world. And then this this weird Google guy came out and yeah, everything well, was over. If you remember, Yahoo was the one that really started dominating everything. Yeah, yeah, Yahoo did. 
Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so, anyway, I enjoyed this movie. I think you should see it. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was good. This, it, was a gr- this is a good one. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, now, what do, I think we're on 20, 22 movies, 21 movies. It's something like that. It's a lot. Yeah, um, but they're still, like, still good, like, you know, some are better than others, but I mean, they're not bad movies. Like, I don't know how they've done it for so long. It's pretty crazy. If I had to say there was any of them that were bad, there's one or two that I can honestly think that were bad. But they weren't awful, like extremely awful. Like, I've seen them more than once, but I wouldn't recommend people seeing them more than once. <laughs> I think we talked about that in our last pod, but Thor the Dark World was just brutal, man. Yeah, that's that's probably that probably is the worst one that I can think of off the top of my head real quick. So, Mike, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe ranking food chains, would you say this is an average Marvel Cinematic movie, above average? Is this one of your favorites? You've already said it's not a bad one, so it's either average or higher. Where where would you personally put it? Do you think it's up towards your top? No, I think this is a what I'd call average. Like it delivers. It's it's got some funny stuff. There's good action. You find out some more about some some new characters, and you know it's always cool. And you see some some tie into some of the Kree stuff prior to um, you know Avengers and. And that was cool. Or Guardians, right? Yeah, Guardians or Avengers. Well, and then also, for those of you who watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know a lot about the Kree because the Kree have been all over that show. Yeah, they're meddlesome bunch. But this film specifically is the very first introduction of the Scrolls, And do you know why it's the first introduction of the Scrolls, Mike? No, I do not. Because the Scrolls were technically a Fantastic Four villain, and so Fox has owned the rights to the Scrolls. Really, and uh, uh, the re- recent acquisition of uh, of uh, Fox to Disney has changed it. Uh, it's either their acquisition or they paid to get them out from Fox at least for this movie. But wow. yeah, that's okay. basically what it is. Is they were uh, considered a Fantastic Four villain. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So, what uh, Marvel Cinematic movie is your favorite of all of them, Mike? Man, that's that's a tough question, man. Because it's like, I really liked Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. Uh, the first Avengers was so fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> man... I, I think I'm going to go with the first Avengers. First the, Avengers is your favorite? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know it's tough, man. I I, I I have a hard time. I was thinking about it before I even asked it what I would say. So, but. Anywho. All right. Well, uh, I think Captain Marvel was a good movie. Um, I agree with you. I do not feel it is one of the better Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I do not think it is their worst by far. I would put it a little bit above average in the Marvel Cinematic Universe spectrum. Um, I give it three and a half reels out of five. Oh, man, I beat you. 
See? Yeah. I'm not a terrible person. This one time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it only takes once, right? To not be a terrible person. Yes. That's how it works. Okay. That's what I thought. But if I... In in my Marvel Cinematic Universe world, I really, really love Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, I really loved Infinity War and Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy, both of them. I, I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy might be my favorite or maybe Winter Soldier, one of the two. I, I really love the Winter Soldier storyline. It's one of my favorite, favorite storylines ever. And they executed it so well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's so many. There's quite a few. I mean, this is what, like, the 21st or 22nd movie. They and so that they have a ton of movies. Like, wow. Like starting in 2008, it's only been, you know, 11 years. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, you know, another one that I that I liked, but is probably one of the not so great films. It's is uh, Doctor Strange. Oh no! I thought I thought that one was uh, uh, you know like average. I wouldn't say it was great, but um, you know Benderin. Uh, what is it? Uh, Cumberbatch, right? Be- yeah, Be- Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict. Yeah, Cumberbatch. He's amazing, and uh, that one's it's it's just a lot of time warping, and it's a lot of different kinds of stuff. It's like harder, I think, to get around. Like, oh, you know, one that I. Another one that I'm not a super huge fan of. The storyline is great, especially in the comics, but the movie was kind of a rough execution, even though it introduced us to some really good characters, was uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, uh, yeah. That one, after the first Avengers, I was expecting so much, and that one was yeah okay. Yeah, I thought it was just okay. I agree. I didn't think it was... It was not to the level of the original that's for sure yeah so well all right mike i think we've talked long enough i think we've rambled probably way too much or at least i have um hopefully you learned a little something about uh being a nerd in comic books and captain marvel because uh She's a big deal, man. She's going to be a big freaking deal in Endgame for sure. And there's all kinds of theories out there on who of the actual Avengers are going to die um, and not just, you know, disappear, but be gone off the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of people's contracts coming to an end and things. And Captain Marvel is probably going to step in as the leader of the next phase of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So we are probably going to see Brie Larson and Carol Danvers a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's good to get a little backstory on her for those of you who are interested in like these movies like we do. So. Yep. Yep. No, it was a uh, very informative. Mike, what are we, uh, what are we reviewing on Thursday? Dude, I don't know. Um, I did uh, just recently watch the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix. You watched the Ooh. Netflix one, dude? It's crazy. It's crazy. The Hulu one is better. I think you should wow. watch. I think you should watch both. But you got to understand, the one on Netflix was produced and done by the guys that helped make the Fire Festival as much of a fucking disaster as it was. 
<sighs> wow, it's it's a crazy story, man. Oh yeah. But it's in my opinion it's worth watching both of them. So, but I thought we were going to do the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Uh, I wasn't sure if we decided on that. Is that what we're doing? I do. That's why I gave you, you know, access to certain things so you could watch it. <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess you better get watching. Well, unless you want to do something else. I don't care, Mike. I don't care. I, I watched that and it was uh, not what I expected it to be. All right. Great. Am I in for a treat, Matt? Yeah. All right. Unless you well, want to, I mean, we could do the fire festivals, but you know, I honestly think we should do both of them, and I don't think you have Hulu, so. All right, all right. So let's let's uh, let's do the uh, the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. It's Sam Elliott, man, at his finest. <laughs> all right. We'll do that next week. Or, you know, or I'll go... Well, it's not next week, it's Thursday. Next week, th- Thursday. Sorry, sorry. Or I can go and rent Revenge. It's like two bucks, I think. Uh, no, I'll watch I'll watch the the, uh, the Sam Elliott movie. Because, yeah, I know you said you really liked Revenge, and if it's really that good, I'll pay a couple bucks to watch it. It's fine. Yeah, man, I think, I think you would like it, but, uh, you know... Anyways, Up to you. Think about it, Mike. Think about it. We'll figure it out. We're, we'll have something Thursday, hopefully. <laughs> yes, we will. We will. If not, this Captain Marvel podcast is long enough to count for two. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> so, all right, Mike. Well, on that note, uh, go ahead. Do your thing. Get us out of here. All right. Well, uh, thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. And uh, I know this is a long one, but... Um Catch us on our next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.